0: First of all, Duncan, tell me a little bit about yourself.
1: Yes, my name is Duncan Livingstone. I was born and raised in Kirk Michael. I've moved to various other parts of the island, but I've lived back in the village of Kirk Michael for the last 16 years. I did the majority of my life in the police. I worked in Ramsey for six years as a community officer, and then for almost 20 years, I was a traffic officer. So, dealing with the fe- serious and fatal accidents, all things roads, basically. I retired from the police just coming up to 11 years ago, at which point I I, I started quite early. (laughs) I'm not as old as I might sound from that, and I've been a self-employed driving instructor for the last
0: 10 years. Okay, family man?
1: Yes, uh, I've got three boys. The eldest is in the Air Force, he's um, 26, and then I've got another who's 18 and a 16-year-old as well. So where are you standing? Uh, I'm standing in Aaron Michael. I got involved politically in 2019 the doi introduced some quite drastic plans for changing the village of kirk michael Uh, they were going to have 10 speed bumps going through the main village on the main road amongst other things and i just didn't think it was really what the village wanted i did some canvassing on facebook and i got a lot of very positive support Uh, i came up with some alternative suggestions not many of which the DOI seemed interested in, but uh, we did manage to get quite a lot of alterations made to the original plans, and I think it was a lot more what the people of the village wanted. So from there, last year I stood and became a commissioner in the village, and then this year I thought I'd uh, try throwing my hat in the big ring. Why? Why have you decided? Um, Because I felt very frustrated when I was first... Uh, looking at the stuff that they did with the roads in Kurt Michael, that uh, I was a voice that wasn't really heard. And I felt that by being in a position in the keys, it gives me a chance to, to more accurately
0: reflect what I think the people of The Isle of Man want. Uh, What the people in the Isle of Man want is more than roads, though. It is
1: more than roads, yes, it Mm -hmm. absolutely is more than roads, but it seems at the moment that the DOI seem to be using the active travel strategy as a big stick to beat motorists. And yes, the Isle of Man needs more than roads, but we do need roads. We need to be able to get food to the shops, we need to be able to get our kids to school, we need to be able to get to work. I'm all for saving the environment as much as we possibly can, but we are not going to get rid of vehicles. The move towards electric vehicles isn't getting rid of vehicles, it's just making them more environmentally friendly. Uh, And I think the DOI seem to have lost sight of that, and they seem to be very much pushing the cycling agenda, which I'm not against, but it shouldn't be at the expense of demonising car drivers.
0: Surely your campaign, though, is not just you versus DOI. You no, know, you're not, no, That no, can't be the no, ticket no. that you're standing uh, on you no, know, for the no, general
1: election. No, definitely not. No, uh, I think the North and West plan is very important. I think affordable housing is is very important. Um, at the moment, I, there's, my three children don't stand a chance of being able to afford a house without help from the bank of mum and dad. Uh, and I think there's an awful lot of young people on the Isle of Manor in the same situation.
0: How do you tackle that? How do
1: you deal with that? I mean,
0: we can can all sit here and say, you know, this is wrong and this is wrong, but, you know, how do we. Well, I think certainly we need
1: to look at maybe introducing or certainly investigating some form of residency act. I think the fact that people can come in here and buy houses and inflate the prices, and a lot of the times these places are being bought as holiday homes or they're being bought as buy to rent, Uh, it's preventing young Manx people.
0: And young local people from getting onto the property ladder. Uh, so, yeah. in, in terms of like you know, people buying up properties, I mean, I know a lot of first time buyer houses from thirty years ago are now all the majority are owned by landlords, etc. Is this the kind of area that you're looking? Exactly.
1: At? I mean, we're, we're not obviously going to be able to. I, I've got a, a friend who owns three houses. Uh, it he he's sort of invested in property. He lives in one. He rents the other two out. Uh, he's been on the Isle of Man for the last. 30 plus years I've I've got no plans that we should be looking at people like that and saying you're not allowed to own three houses but when we get uh, potentially big companies who are buying up 20 or 50 houses with no intention of doing anything other than renting them out and the cost of rental is more than the cost of mortgages in lots of places. But the the young people can't afford the mortgages.
0: So how do you tackle that then? I mean, do you start then introducing some kind of tax on the landlords? That, 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 well, that well raises as I say, hire, I, you... I think
1: we should be looking at a residency act. In First and foremost, I think we should be saying you can't just come here and buy a house just because you want to buy a house. You've got to show some... Uh, Purpose for living on the island. If, if you're coming here to live as a resident and you are genuinely coming here as a resident, not just buying a house so you can be a tax resident, then I, I don't see a problem. Uh, we need young people coming back to the Isle of Man. We've got an ageing population. We need young people to live here. Uh, but if people can't afford houses, the young people, then we've got to try and do something about it.
0: Okay, so what are the big points you're going to have in your manifesto?
1: Uh, well, roads obviously, was mm-hmm. the first one. The North and West Plan, I think, is very important. Um, I'm a little bit concerned with the timescale that the North and West Plan has followed. The um, decisions in relation to the North and West Plan are meant to be based on the census and the projected growth that the census uh, shows us is is likely to happen. And they've closed the uh, date, in relation to the north and west plan before the results of the census are out so so it's things like that which we need somebody to actually say hang on a minute we, we've got to we can't put the the horse before the cart or the cart before the horse you know we, we we've got to actually have the information and make informed decisions um another thing which i think is is really important and again this has come out in quite a few things recently is we need to be more transparent. The government seems to just like keeping secrets, and we shouldn't. We are in such a, an advanced age technologically where everybody can do everything on social media. Why are government not engaging more with people of the Isle of Man? They could be taking the, the people with them rather than constantly seeming to fight against them.
0: I'm guessing you're not a fan of the current administration then?
1: I think the current administration has had a very tough job with COVID uh, and I think they've actually done exceptionally well. Um, I just feel on occasions that they are not standing up to what the civil servants are telling them. They are taking the civil servants position as being gospel and they're following through. Um, I had a look at as many of the 2016 manifestos as I could find, uh, and by all means, I I didn't find all of them, so I I may be wrong on this, but in the ones that I could find, I didn't see one mention of active travel strategy. Um, And yet that is what the DOI is using for everything that they're doing with the roads. Um, I would like to know where that active travel strategy came from. I think it's from civil servants in the DOI. They've presented it to government, and government have said, yes, this is something we can follow through with. As I say, I think um, there's absolutely a need for um, road safety. There's absolutely a need for people to be safe on the roads, car drivers, pedestrians.
0: Are you saying it's not good enough at the moment? Uh, I Which part? The, the road safety. You say, you're saying these things, you're saying, oh, road safety is important, etc. Are you saying I, that, they're, that they're not being treated as so at the moment? Uh,
1: I think it's, it's very difficult because, um, well, as an example, they're just introducing the 20 mile an hour speed limit on the promenade. Mm-hmm that speed limit is not going to be enforced. Best will in the world, that speed limit is not going to be enforced. So people aren't going to stick to it, so what's the point in putting a speed limit in if it's not being enforced? Um, it's the same with most speed limits on the island. Even if the police do their utmost and were to go out to every single village and spend two or three hours, there's 168 hours in a week, you know, we've got over 160 hours a week where the speed limits are not being enforced. Um As a driving instructor, if I drive along Glen Crutchery Road, for example, which is a 30-mile-an-hour speed limit, I will have Clear Road in front of me because I'm the only person doing 30, and I'll have a queue of cars behind me because they want to go faster. So, again, that maybe raises the question, should speed limits be reviewed all across the island? But then again, is the cars doing an average speed of about 40 on Glen Crutchery Road? Is that actually a problem? So it's this whole thing of where we need to look a lot more holistically at what is going on. Uh, another thing I would like to see is I would like to see the driving test uh, updated. Um, the driving test is is three manoeuvres. It's reversing around a corner. It's doing a, a three-point turn, and it's parallel parking. And then it's about 10 minutes of driving. Um, and potentially, if they follow through with the plans that they seem to have of introducing 20 mile an hour speed limits everywhere, we're going to end up with a generation of drivers who've passed their test never having got out of second
0: gear no, I passed my test in, or 30 years ago if not more and uh, it certainly didn't feel as if it was 3 items and 10 minutes of driving it was a lot more than that, has it changed then in that time? I don't think it particularly has. I mean, when I did mine, it was it was the same manoeuvres.
1: Uh, mm-hmm. You stopped out on the road and you were asked questions by the driving instructor. Mm-hmm. But the actual driving test lasts between 30, 35 minutes okay. normally. Uh, so you'd like a, to see it change then? Yes. Yeah, so certainly, I would like to see more emphasis on driving. Mm-hmm. Uh, the UK, for quite a while, has had... It reduced to they just do one maneuver. You still have to learn them all, but you you don't know which maneuver you're going to get. But there's a lot more emphasis on driving. Uh, they've also introduced um, driving with a sat nav, um, which isn't necessarily necessary on the island, but it, it's another part of driving which is is in common use nowadays. Um, they also have a thing show me, tell me. How, do you know how to change a tire? Uh, do you know how to put oil in the car? Things like that. Um there's many students that I've had who do where we used to be asked questions by the driving test examiner at the side of the road. They do a theory test now. I've had students who've passed the theory test. We come to a flashing amber light at a pelican crossing and they say to me, what's that? Mm-hmm. They, they don't know what the, the signs are. They've learned how to pass the test but it doesn't necessarily mean they know the road.
0: People would argue that's down to the, the instructors, though, not the examiners. I
1: can see that argument, but at the end of the day, people are paying instructors to learn to drive and, or really to learn to pass the test. Mm-hmm. There's not a great emphasis on any advanced driver training. In fact, there's no emphasis on advanced driver training. Um, there's an emphasis on passing your test so that you can use the vehicle for whatever need you have for
0: that vehicle. Okay, going back to um, the civil service, I'm guessing that you're not a fan of the civil service then?
1: I would not say I'm not a fan. I have lots of friends who work in the civil service. I just think that some of the management in the civil service have an agenda and they are forcing that agenda through no matter what anybody says to them. Based on? Personal recollection, personal experience... Uh, meetings that I've attended where they refer to it as consultation,
0: but they've already sorted the plans out. So you're saying basically there is a gap between government in terms of our elected representatives and the civil service. So there's a gap there that needs to be breached and closed. And also there's a gap between what the electorate actually want.
1: I, I, I think the electorate have their views about what they want, and that is what government should be delivering. I'm
0: sure we could. Uh, I'm sure, though, we could <laughs> deliver dozens of MHKs, past and present, who would come up and say, "Look, we've tried, yes, but it's just so." How can you achieve that? Um Well, that's something that I would only find out if I
1: was lucky enough to get elected. <laughs> in it will be a question of going and speaking to them and putting my views and hopefully persuading them that there are more than one ways to uh, to deal with
0: things. Where do you see? This general election being fought, where will it be won and where will it be lost? What are the issues that the people of the Isle of Man hold close to their heart? Where do you see that that they're looking for change, etc.? I think the environment
1: is very important. I think people are very concerned about the development of
0: greenfield sites. Do you think that people are very concerned because they're very concerned or because they're being told to be very concerned?
1: Uh, no, I think they are very concerned about how much building is
0: going on on greenfield sites around the but island. But that's that's gone uh, on. For, that's gone for decades, though, hasn't it? You know that that, that we can go back since you know, the beginning of the first time buyer schemes with green sites and brownfield sites, etc. That's yes. been going on and on, and it will continue to go on. But there are an awful
1: lot of brownfield sites which are not being used, which could be used. Planners could insist the brownfield sites are used up before greenfield sites are considered looking at stopping ribbon development, making sure that building that does take place... Do you think... That we, sorry... We do,
0: need buildings. Do you think that the building that goes on in the Isle of Man is more in favour of the developers or more in favour of the people who need housing?
1: I think it's more in favour of the developers at the minute.
0: So you would like to see... Uh, well, again, the thing I mentioned of a
1: residency act, at the moment house prices are going through the roof. It, it's literally because it's a buyer's market, Sorry, it's a a seller's market. People are
0: coming in and are snapping houses up. Young people can't afford to get houses. So any other issues that that you'll see that this election will be won and lost? Uh,
1: (laughs) Unfortunately, I think personality comes into it. I I think how you uh, come across when you are spoken to by people like yourselves is important. It matters to people. I think being known and having um, a reputation as being an honest person will stand you in good stead. I think uh, if people have maybe tripped themselves up, I think that's going to stand against them. I think it's going to be very interesting because there's so many people standing there so we are going to have plenty of new MHKs, some of whom I think look very exciting and very capable. What I would say is I'm glad that there are more people standing in Kirk Michael than just... Tim Baker, Alf Cannon and, and myself. I, I think it's good that the voters have a choice and I think it's good that the voters get out and use their voice to, to let people know that this is the person they think can deliver
0: what they want. OK, so how are you fighting this campaign? Are you knocking on doors? Or are you...
1: uh, Slowly so far. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm starting campaigning really this month in earnest. Uh, I've been talking to lots of people when I've been bumming into them, but I haven't actually sort of got round. I'm starting this month going out knocking on doors. So... Uh, Please feel free to ask me any questions or if you see me in the street bump into me, then uh, I'm quite happy to chat about anything.
0: And how are you with the COVID situation? Because I know that some candidates have said they're not too keen on knocking on doors, etc. Others have said they're happy to do so.
1: I, I will knock on when I knock on doors, I will be knocking on doors. I will be standing back and I will be giving people the option as to whether they want to talk to me or not. Uh, and I am quite happy to stand two metres away out in the sunshine or in the rain whilst I'm talking to people. I think the idea of not shaking hands, I'm quite happy to shake hands with people if they want me to shake hands. But I think being sensible is what we have to follow through with.
0: Okay, I understand uh, you've not put your manifesto together yet. There's nothing in print. Is that uh, right? not quite?
1: Uh, it's almost there, but not quite.
0: What are issues are we going to read about in that manifesto that you've not mentioned so far? Uh, I think those are the main ones that I'm concentrating on. I'm but one of the things
1: that I have said in it, though, is I am always willing to listen to what constituents have to say, and I don't have a closed door policy. Mm-hmm. I am quite open to listening to new ideas
0: and hearing what el- the electorate have to say. I think a lot of people, though, they like their candidate to be a man or a woman who knows exactly what they want. They think. This is the best way forward for my constituents. This is the best way forward for the Isle of Man. This is the ticket I'm standing on. You either go along with me or not. As opposed to someone who says, tell me what you want and I'll go and get it. Right, well... If they want a person like that, then they should maybe look at one of the
1: other candidates, because that's not me. Regarding? With regarding to, I I am not fixed. I, I am not an expert on everything. Okay. I am not going into this campaign saying, I know everything. I know this is the way that the Isle of Man is going to flourish. I will take advice from people. I will listen to what other people have to say. If people want somebody who is very dogged, that they know that they are going the right way and that that they are not willing to change course. That's not
0: me. Let's say you're successful and you get in in terms of political reform and the way that politics in the Isle of Man operate. Would you like to see things change? I think there's too many MHKs. I was out one night with a group of friends
1: and we actually joked about getting 24 of us to stand with the sole election promise of if we got in we would reduce the number of Mm. MHKs. (laughs) the problem that we have with reducing it is you've got 24 people who are voting themselves out of a job mm-hmm. uh i would certainly be pushing for a reduction in mhks if i got in and the legislative but, council yes i think again it's too much it, it, it's one of the things when the government reform report was done a few years ago was that all of government needed reducing and the only part which hasn't been reduced is the elected part so yeah i i think it's too big uh in in the uk I know we're not the UK, but in the UK, we're the size of a town. You'd have one Member of Parliament uh, representing the, the whole of the people of the island. We need more than that, but I don't think we need as many as
0: we have. OK, just quickly, um, what challenges have you faced as a commissioner?
1: Uh, Covid. We, we've we struggled to, to get meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been very difficult because of legislation pre- preventing us having
0: meetings because the legislation didn't allow Zoom... So you're not being able to achieve what you'd like, is what you're saying? Uh,
1: I didn't achieve as much as I would have liked uh, in the short period I was in.
0: We're going to have to wrap things up. A final word then. Why should people put on a little X next to Duncan Livingstone?
1: People who know me, um, I hope you know that I stand for good values in the Isle of Man, and I hope you would support me in trying to do the best I can for the people. Uh, people who don't know me, I am more than willing to meet you and discuss any concerns... Uh, And more than anything, I want you to vote, whether it's for me or whether it's for somebody else. I want you to get out and vote.
0: And how can they get in touch with you?
1: I've got my email, uh, which is duncan-livingstone at outlook.com, or my mobile number is 336842. I do work still as a driving instructor, though, and I can't answer the phone whilst I'm, I'm instructing. So if you leave a message, I will get back to you when I get home.